Well, one more time, welcome. We are so glad that you're worshiping with us this morning. A special welcome to our Facebook family who should be joining us right about now. And just so excited to continue uh, to be going through this series called Prove It. And uh, honestly, as we started the series, I had talked about how much I love math. Really what it has become as I've been preparing for this series, how much I've loved finding really cheesy math jokes. And so I've got another good one for you here this morning. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about teachers and, and how you know if you got a good teacher and that. And really, I think if you don't like math, it might be you didn't have a great math teacher growing up. Maybe, maybe you just didn't have someone who inspired you, or, or maybe their jokes weren't enough to keep you engaged. And so uh, maybe you, you want to reconsider math. But if you do, you want to make sure you find a good math teacher. And so uh, here's one way you can find out if your teacher is good. You should never trust a math teacher who uses graph paper. They're always plotting something. So that, that's how you know. If they're, they're, a good, they're a good math teacher if they're not plotting against you. So today we are continuing our series, and, and we're going to be looking at the teachings that were cropping up around who Jesus Christ was. This concept that in the early church, Jesus died, he rose from the dead, and his early disciples went out and started preaching the good news about this risen Savior. But all sorts of false teachings started to crop up in the middle of all of that. People saying things like, Jesus didn't really rise from the dead or that he wasn't really a human being, or the things that happened didn't really happen, or that Jesus really wasn't the Son of God. And so one of his closest friends, a man by the name of John, decided he needed to write to the church and let them know Jesus is real, that who he was is really who we're saying he is. And so he took some time and, and tried to dispel some of the arguments that were there. And so today we're going to continue looking at some of that as we look at the book of 1 John. And we're going to talk about the idea of opposite and not equal. Jumping a little bit from math to physics, if you know about Newton's laws of motion, one of his laws are for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And so... In other words, if you need to start moving in this direction, you need to have an, a force that's going to push you away from where you are right now. And the thing is, as the gospel began to go out, there was a reaction to it. There were, there were false teachings that began to rise up. But I want us to see this morning that though it was an opposite reaction, none of it was equal. There's nothing that has ever been that has tried to come against the name of Jesus Christ that is equal to his grandeur, to his splendor, to his power. There are many philosophies today that teach otherwise. But it is important to stand on the belief that the only way to salvation is through Jesus Christ. And so today, we're going to look at how he confronted that spirit that was being taught throughout the churches in that day. And so I would invite you to stand with me uh, for the reading of God's word. We're going to look at 1 John chapter 1, sorry, chapter 2, and we're going to start reading in verses 21 going through verse 27. So again, 
1 John 1, sorry, 1 John 2, 21 through 27, reading today out of the New Living Translation. And this is how it reads. So I am writing to you, not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life he promised us. And so, writing these things to warn you about those who would lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. Just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I pray that your spirit of truth would reside with us this morning. That we would recognize what truth is. That what you've revealed in your word and what you are speaking to us this morning through the power of the Holy Spirit would quicken our hearts to recognize the truth of the gospel and not just recognize it, but respond to it. So this morning, I pray that you would help us to experience more truth. And that truth would transform us to be more like you. We love you, Jesus, and we pray these things in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Well, before you see it, why don't you turn wave at a couple of people. Let them know you're excited to be worshiping with them today. If you're online, uh, wave to us through the chat. Let us know you're with us today. So, as I mentioned, we, we have to make sure we are getting good teaching if we're going to stay in the truth. And so, a couple of things that I see John pointing to us this morning on what we need to do, how we need to live if we're going to live in the truth. First thing that I see him telling us is that we have to recognize false teaching. That we have to be able to look and see this is false. This is not what the truth is. And it's interesting because in this passage, people are getting fixated with the Antichrist. There, there's a Old Testament reference to this man of lawlessness. We, we talked about it when we were studying the book of Daniel. And people began to believe that this one person who would be built into, into the Antichrist, this person who would be against God, was going to come and destroy the church. And, and there's biblical evidence that there will be someone, somewhere in the future, who's going to typify this. But these people were getting very anxious that the Antichrist was there. And so John was trying to help them understand you don't need to be worried so much about the one Antichrist as much as you need to be worried about the spirit, the, the, the concept that 
there are people who are trying to undermine the teachings of Jesus Christ. And by their very nature, they are anti-Christ. It's interesting, all throughout this passage, when you go to the original language, the Greek language, there, there's, a, there's a theme that's flowing throughout it. It's this theme of anointed. And when he talks about Christ, that very word Christ means the anointed one. And when he talks about the Antichrist, he's actually saying the anti-anointing. That there's an anti-anointing that is trying to steal the truth. And so he gives them a couple of things to let them know, this is how you recognize what is false. First of all, he says, I'm writing to you because, not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between lies and truth. What I want to help you understand this morning is that if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord, you should have in you already what you need to know the truth. That by having him as your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And you can, you can take things to Jesus and allow him to show you what is truth and what is false. Now, I think it's a really good idea to bounce that off of other people too, especially if you're questioning anything. And if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you don't have Jesus, first of all, welcome. We're glad that you're here. But also, I want to give you an opportunity later to accept him so that you can know what truth is. Because if you want to know the difference between something that's true and something that's false, you have to know what is true more than anything else. When I was a GM for Chick-fil-A, I had to be able to tell the difference between counterfeit bills and regular bills. And what I didn't do was learn all the different ways that people could counterfeit money. Because there are a lot of different tricky ways that people can counterfeit money. But at one point, I, I, I've let my, slip, my training slip a little bit. Uh, at one point, I think there was like 15 different marks that I could look at and see if I ever question. I mean, there's a feel to it. There, there's numbers in a certain place. There's a way you can hold it up to the light. There, there's all these different things. And when you understand what is truth, the false kind of slides to the side. You can very quickly look at that and go, okay, that doesn't have the mark of truth. And one of the things that John is saying, if you want to know whether it's true or false, what are they saying about Jesus? And I think that's still a good measuring rod today. He says, who is a liar? Anyone who says Jesus is not Christ. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. In other words, anyone who says that Jesus wasn't who he said he was, that person is operating in that anti-anointing. They're trying to steal the anointing from God. They're trying to steal the anointing from the truth of who Jesus is. So whether they're just saying that Jesus isn't the way to God or he isn't the only way to God, they're stealing the truth. And we need to be cautious. We need to make sure that we hold on to that truth. That what we've been learning from this series is that Jesus is really God that he really did die, that he really did rise from the dead, and he really is the only way. And the problem is, right now, even in our culture, this was happening 2,000 years ago, it's happening today. 
People are okay with you being a Christian so long as you don't try to claim Jesus is the only way. I came across this teaching by William Lane Craig, and I like what it says. He says, most people are happy to agree that God exists, but it has become politically incorrect to claim that God has revealed himself decisively in Jesus. And yet, this is exactly what the New Testament clearly teaches. The universality of sin and the uniqueness of Christ's atoning death entails that there is no salvation apart from Christ. So, do you want to know a false teacher? Anyone who says Jesus isn't the Christ. Anyone who says there is salvation by any other name, by any other means. And so, for us, I know, especially when we were in the height of the pandemic and there was all of the, this crazy stuff going on, people were asking, are we in the end times? Is the Antichrist coming? Um, is this the mark of the beast? I'm just here to let you know. I think we need to be less concerned with who the Antichrist will be and more concerned that we're not slipping in this fundamental truth that Jesus is the Christ. And so that's why the next thing is just as important that we, we need to recognize false teachers, but we also need to remain in good teaching. That's why church needs to be essential. That's why we need to be a people who continue to gather. We need to be a people who continue to proclaim this truth. Because it's this rubbing together, it's this coming together, talking about truth, worshiping together, that we begin to recognize what truth really looks like. And when we start to separate ourselves and isolate ourselves, that's when the lie becomes easier. And so he encourages them in verse 24, you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. Remain faithful. Hold on to the truth that Jesus is Lord, that He is the Christ, He is the Anointed One, and that He is the one that we put all of our hope in. And so you need to remain in that. You need to hold on to that. You don't, you don't allow what's happening in the world to sway you. You don't allow popular opinion to sway you. I mean, I, as I was looking up this thing by Craig and, and his defense of the gospel, I mean, I was just reading all these people who were attacking him and saying, how could someone even believe this anymore? How, how simple-minded could you be to believe that God is still the God who is revealed in the Bible? That aren't we beyond that book by now? Well, I'm here to tell you we're not. That for thousands of years, God has protected his word. For thousands of years, God has protected his people. And it doesn't matter what people say today. We need to remain true to this word. We need to remain true to this truth that Jesus is Lord. And if we remain in that, we remain in fellowship with God. We remain in fellowship with the Son. And we have an ability to stand in truth because of that fellowship. So we need to recognize false teaching. We need to remain in good teaching. 
But the other part that really excites me about this is John is encouraging us to receive anointed teaching. Remember, I mentioned that there's this theme of anointing all throughout the thing. He's saying that truth is saying that Jesus is Christ. He is the anointed one. That anyone who's speaking a lie is an antichrist. They're anti-anointing. They're coming against the anointing of who Jesus was. But John takes it another step and lets us know that that same anointing that was on Jesus has now been given to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, because you have the Holy Spirit resident in you, you can go to anything and see His power reveal to you what truth is. In, In verse 27, John says, But you have received the Holy Spirit, and He lives within you, so that you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what He teaches is true. It is not a lie. Just as He taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Now, what's interesting is this translation puts this as Holy Spirit. But the actual word here is charisma. So it's not just the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that was been given to you, but the spiritual gift of God moving through you. So what John is saying is you have the same anointing. And and we believe that. The same anointing that raised Christ from the dead is in you through the Holy Spirit. That what God deposited in Jesus He also deposited in us because Jesus said, I'm going away. And it's good that I'm going away because you will receive the Holy Spirit when I leave. And John is writing this book probably 40 years after Jesus had ascended. Remember, I'm telling you, this book was written by a man who knew Jesus personally, who had spent three years under his ministry. He saw Jesus do miracles. He saw Jesus raise the dead. He saw Jesus turn water into wine. He watched as Jesus walked upon the water. And yet, he is the same one that testified it's better that Jesus has gone away because now we have the Holy Spirit. This was his best friend. And he's saying, I believe that I have, I believe one of the things that John is saying is that I have a better relationship with Jesus now because I have his spirit in me than even I had when I had a physical connection with him. Which is amazing because he's offering us that same hope today. That the same spirit that was in Christ can be in us and that we can know truth. We can, we can, we can have that anointing And that anointing will protect us against any antichrist, against anyone who would say this or that is true, but is standing in opposition to Christ. And so I want to encourage you this morning that if you want that opposite power than what the world has, receive Christ. And then ask for more of the Holy Spirit. Ask for a greater connection 
to Him in your life this morning. Because I believe is as we open ourselves up to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, that's when power begins to flow through us in ways that we can't even imagine. It's that power that's going to give you the ability to live differently. It's that power that's going to give you the ability to go to your work and proclaim Jesus is Lord. It's that power that's going to give you the ability to have a love for your neighbors that goes beyond just a, hey, don't mess with my property line kind of love to, I want to see you in eternity with me kind of love. And will give, begin to spark creativity in you to be able to touch your neighbors and reach out to them and help them to see that Jesus is Lord. And I recognize it's scary. When we start to say, I want to step out for God. I want to, I, I want to start being more active in my faith. It's scary because there is a power out there. That, that spirit of the Antichrist is out there right now. It's fighting against us. And it's intimidating us. And it wants us to cower back in fear. But as I've already said this morning, we have an opposite power, but it's not equal. It is greater than. The power of the Holy Spirit in us is greater than the power of the Antichrist in the world today. And if we will simply today commit ourselves to say, we want more of the Spirit. We want more of Christ in us. We want to dedicate ourselves more to His Word, to His teachings. There is nothing hell can throw against you that could stop the power of God working in you and through you. I don't know why we're walking through the days we're walking through. I don't know why we've seen the pandemic wreak the havoc it has. I don't know why so many churches are reeling now because not just the world, but so many Christians have said church is no longer an essential thing in our society. But I believe this, we as the people of God, we as people who recognize the Spirit of God have been positioned for just such an hour. The early church found itself in a society that believed, you can believe whatever you want. Truth is relative. Oh, you like that God? We'll add him in with the rest of our gods as well. And it was an awkward thing to say there is one God. There is one way. But these simple fishermen, empowered by the Spirit of God, radically transformed the world forever with an opposite power. A power that said, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the way to salvation. None of those gods can hear you. None of those gods can save you. It is Jesus alone. And it excites me because that's the world we're facing right now. That's the America we are living in right now. As we already said, people are more than happy to talk about God. But once you start saying Jesus is the only way, well, that's why we need to prove it to them. That's why we need to live a life that's different so that other people can know. And so, as we've ended this series uh, for the last few weeks, I want to continue to encourage you. Let's prove it. Let's take the things we've learned and prove that God really is working in us. Again, I want to go through our mathematical equations for us, our two most famous equations, so that you can be encouraged 
to live a life that's different. I mean, we've been talking about pi a lot over the last few weeks, how it is a mathematical constant that it goes on forever and that it shows us a little bit of the perfection of God. But we also admit that we like pi because it reminds us of pi. And so, uh, and actually, uh, Abby got the cherry cheesecake pie, um, and so she might have a few more friends today after uh, service. But, uh, but if you would like a chance, uh, this week, or the, we got one more pie being given out. And so if you haven't done it already, make sure you text that word RIVER to 715-953-4060, and someone uh, who's worshiping with us here this morning is going to get a pie on our church. And so, um, so you, you don't want to miss out on that opportunity. But we also, as much as we love pi, we've been using the E equals MC squared as kind of our, our backdrop. This is probably the most famous mathematical equation in the world. It's the most recognized equation. And you understand, hopefully, a little bit of the truth of it. Energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. But I think we can just be a little bit geeky and steal it for the kingdom and, and use it as a way to understand spiritual energy. I mean, I'm encouraging you this morning to be people of the Spirit. And if you want spiritual energy in your life, you need to take your mess, who you are, as Anna said, even your mess, and mix it in with God's Word and God's Holy Spirit, the truth of who Jesus is, and you will find spiritual energy. You will begin to discover what it is to live the Spirit-filled life, to live a life that is brimming with His life in you and through you, pouring out to other people. And so, as we've been doing through the series, I want to continue to encourage you, take time and get in God's Word. I'd really encourage you, read through the book of 1 John. It's a great book. There's a lot of stuff in there that points to just how powerful Jesus is, just how true this thing we, is that we believe. So let, let's continue to do that. Take time and memorize God's Word. I'd really encourage you to memorize 1 John 3, 16 through 19. Because... I believe this is the crux of our series, and it's also something that helps us to understand how we are to live better. I mean, we, know, we all know John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that who would ever believe in Him will have eternal life. But I think 1 John 3.16 is equally as important. It tells us that we know what love is because Jesus died for us. So we ought to also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. In other words, we need to prove it. If we believe that Jesus is Lord, if we believe that Jesus really died for our sins, if we really believe that He is the only Son, we need to lay down our lives for the people around us so that they can find out about that love. Develop your relationship with Jesus through prayer. Find some time this week and draw closer to Him. 
And then if you're looking for ways, I mean, I believe if you spend time in his word, if you spend time in prayer, God's going to begin to speak things to you. You just need to obey it. What he tells you to do, obey it. And, and if you're feeling stuck, you're feeling like God hasn't spoken to you, I got three things I know he would enjoy for you to do this next week. Number one, tell someone what God's doing in your life. Encourage them with that. You can also tell someone what God's doing in your church. And probably most importantly, tell someone that God loves them. I think if you take those simple steps of obedience, you're going to begin to see the power of God reside in you in a powerful way. We shouldn't just be hearers of the word. We should be doers of the word. So let's go out and do it this week. Let's prove to the world that Jesus really rose from the dead by the way we encounter them this week. And let's do it under the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to invite you to stand. And the worship team is coming up at this moment too. We're going we're to sing one more song, but I want to pray with us. And as we do, I want to give you an opportunity that when we get into the time of worship, I want you to seek the Holy Spirit. Our church is a Pentecostal church. We believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I know many of you have experienced that, and there might be some of you who haven't. Maybe here in this room or maybe watching online. It doesn't matter where you're at. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to fill you. And so we're going to trust this morning that we have a God who takes all of these things. He holds our whole world together. And it's that same God who wants to empower us to live for him. So I'm going to, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to give you opportunity to worship and to invite more of his presence into your life. But let, let me pray a simple prayer as we prepare for worship one more time. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you died for us. We thank you that for centuries you were preparing the Jewish people letting them know that an anointed one would be coming and then God at just the right time you revealed your son you allowed him to live among us you allowed him to die in our place And then you rose him from the dead to prove that you have the power over life and death. Though I believe there are many things that help to prove that truth to us this morning. One of the most powerful proofs the world needs right now are men and women of God on fire for you. So I pray that we would be a people committed to take this message because we recognize there is no other name. 
There is no other name given under heaven by which men can be saved. So give us a greater passion to let people know that truth. And God, if there's anyone who's here in our service today or they're connecting with us online and they don't know you as their Lord, I pray that they would sense your Holy Spirit drawing them even now. Matter of fact, if that's you, I'd invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. You can pray this prayer out loud or you can pray it in the quietness of your heart. You can use my words or you can use your own. But I encourage you to pray something like this. Pray, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. And I believe by God's power you were raised from the dead. I'm sorry for my mistakes. I'm sorry for the way I've hurt you, the way I've hurt others, the way I've hurt myself. Jesus, today I choose to turn away from my old life and to follow you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Strengthen me so that I can live for Jesus every day. God, we thank you for new life. Today you have mine. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to let somebody know. You need to let someone know that you've confessed Jesus as your Lord. So come talk with me after the service, or if you're online, uh, click on that button that's saying, I've accepted Christ today, or, or send us a Facebook message and let us know you made that decision. We want to make sure you have what you need in your life to continue to live for him. For the rest of us, Let's pray that prayer that I just invited our new family members to pray. I would just encourage you. Again, worship's going to begin playing here in just a moment. But I'm going to bless us and I'm going to step out and I'll be available for anybody who's new here. I'd love to meet you. Uh, We're just going to sing one more song and so you can stay or you can leave if you need to. But right where you're at, I would encourage you, if you want more of the Holy Spirit, maybe you've accepted him in the past, maybe, you, maybe you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But I think all of us need more of his Spirit. Or maybe you've never experienced that, and that's something you want to experience today. I'm just going to invite you, right where you're at, to open your hands like this, like you're, you're getting ready to receive something. I think it can be just as simple as you saying, Holy Spirit, fill me. And then let God fill you. I'm letting you know right now, some strange things might happen. Don't don't let that be your focus. We believe that if the Holy Spirit does fill you, for the first time, the initial evidence is going to be you're going to speak 
in an unknown language. It's like turning the power on on a boiler. You, you have the Holy Spirit in you, but once you turn that power on, it gets a little noisy and there's some stuff that happens and that's okay. Don't be, don't be afraid of that. But then just take some time and worship in God. Let His Spirit reside in you. And, and when the worship team's done, we'll, we'll keep some music going. So if you want to stay in here and continue to seek Him or if you're there at home, turn on some worship music. Let the presence of God Fill your heart, fill your life in this moment. And then use his presence to strengthen you and to go out and to share this good news. So I'm going to bless us. I'm going to begin praying that prayer. And then you pray it. And you allow the Spirit of God to speak in you and through you, whatever he desires. But Jesus, this morning, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We are excited to go out and share your good news. So God, as we go, I pray that you would bless us and you would protect us. Jesus, I pray that you would be gracious toward us and that you would smile upon us and that every day we would walk in your favor and in your peace. Holy Spirit, right now, we simply pray, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me.